it's it's an, it's not an uncommon thing. I, I tell people all the time. First off, my wife Kate, she's the best thing about me. But also that whenever people meet me, like I've done some cool stuff. I've been to some cool places, mm-hmm. had some great experiences, done mm-hmm. some really fun things. Uh, but as soon as people find out who my wife is and what she does, I become much much. Much less interesting. <laughs> well, that was that was it. Rob, thanks for being on the show. Let's bring in Kate Lott right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present our spectacular show of podcast magic and imagination full of Disney wonder, news, and pop culture. It's the Main Street. Electrical Podcast with Jim Novotny and David Dollar. Hey, Jen. Hey, Dave. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast. <gasps> Welcome back to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. My lovely Haunted Mansion obsessed host, Jen. <laughs> are here to give you another hour full of Disney magic and wonder. And I will tell you, it's a crazy world right now. So we hope that we can give you an hour of escapism and just to be able not to worry about the whole world, not to worry about Correct. the world at all. So in news today, let's talk about the inauguration. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We got a big show today because our good friend Rob Lott is coming on. He is a former cast member. Yes. Uh, and we'll talk about him in just a minute. But uh, first, I got to ask Jen, how did you Disney this week? Well, you know what? I actually can't remember if I talked about this yet. So um, I don't remember because I, really, I don't really listen to you. So I don't. Remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> over, it was actually over the weekend. I watched Mulan live action for the first time. And what'd you think? You know what? I liked it. It's a, it's I, a good movie. A good I, movie. I, I did miss the music. I mean, I can't lie. Right. I did miss the music. And the silliness of Mushu. We love Mushu. Oh, oh I do. I love Mushu. <laughs> but I really liked what they did with it. I thought it was neat. Like, the special effects were neat. I thought the acting was, you know, good. Right, and, right. And, like, mm-hmm. I liked what they did with the storyline. It was, yeah, good. Good, yeah, good, good, good. That's awesome. That's very, very, very cool. Uh, I like the movie as well. It, I've, I've never seen the original. I've never seen. Now, here's the Who thing. Are you? Here's the thing. Rob, and you'll hear this later on, but Rob said something. And I don't actually remember if he said this in pre-show or during the show. His devotion to Disney is not so much grounded in the movies. And I love Disney movies, but there's a sure. lot of Disney movies mm-hmm. I've never seen. Treasure Planet, I've never seen. Atlantis, mm-hmm. I've never seen. Mulan, I've never seen. Um, I've never seen 101 Dalmatians all the way through. I've never seen. There's a lot. There's a handful of. I've, ne- I've never seen Bambi all the way through. Uh, just movies I've never got around. I'm to giving watching. him strange looks, everybody, but, just so you know. But I love the fact that he's like, I'm so grounded into the parks, which obviously he he worked at the parks for yeah, 20 years, so well, he would sure. be. But that's kind of me. I'm like, I love the movies. I'm a movie watcher. Mm-hmm. There's just a bunch of movies I never got around to watching, and I will get to them one day because we want to do some stuff on some some Disney movies as well. No, I I I liked it. I I did like the live action quite a bit. I think I yeah, liked it good. better than any of the other live actions I've seen so far. Um, I'm I'm a big fan I of agree. Cinderella, but I just mm-hmm. I like the action in this one. I loved the and I didn't have the original to compare it to. So what do you think versus versus the the animated cartoon? I mean, I love the animated cartoon too. Yeah. Just I mean, like Mushu, and I like the right. music in yeah. it. And I I did think that the cartoon was very good. I yes. really enjoy the Mulan right. cartoon. So I say that's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I felt like this followed the storyline but it kept it in some ways out of the you right, know like right it told its like own story cool, while being true to the story right itself. while be tr- correct yeah, yeah. so right. yeah i think it's worth watching both you know now, have you seen wandavision yet no that's on uh, my list i've watched it I've, 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 it's I've seen so a lot of people. bizarre 
and strange. And after episode two, which is the first mm-hmm. two episodes have been released, and when you hear this tomorrow, Thursday, the next mm-hmm. episode comes out tonight at like 2 a.m., um, which I'll watch it tomorrow on Friday morning. And it's the first two episodes are so different and so weird, but so captivating um, because mm-hmm. it's like, what's next? I, I have to watch it because I don't know where this is going to go. I have no clue. And it's something so different from Marvel, which Marvel at this point has given me 22 movies and a whole bunch of series that have told me, yeah. okay, Maybe you won't like what we do, but at least give us the benefit of the doubt and try it. And I'm, I'm all yeah. about trying it. So for my Disney this week, I went back, and I actually am a big comic book collector. And there is a series called uh, The House of M. And I don't know if you can see this comic book or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I got my back. Oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of see it. It's called The House of M. It's, a, it's an eight-part uh, comic book series. came out in 2006. This is kind of where WandaVision gets some of its roots from this storyline. Now, Marvel movies have been really great about pulling from Marvel, like legendary Marvel tales. Mm-hmm. Thanos, and that whole thing actually came from a storyline. Some of the Thor stuff's come from storylines or whatever. House of M is a storyline with Wanda at the center. And uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you because I don't want to tell mm-hmm. you. People don't want to know. I don't want to tell people where uh, where the story's coming from um, because I don't want people to be like, oh, well, now I know where it's going. Right. Which you right. probably won't even if I said it. Um, <laughs> but it's really cool. You can buy the graphic novel on Amazon. You can probably buy the individual comic books. And like most comic book series, usually once a year they have like an, like an event that crosses mm-hmm. all their, their titles. Mm-hmm. DC and Marvel both does this. And House of M had like like four issues of X-Men, X-Men, House of M, and Avengers, House of M, and Spider-Man, House of M, all their stories relating <laughs> to the thing. But I just went with a straight eight-issue series, and it's really cool. It's really well mm-hmm. done. Um, it's one of my favorite storylines. So that's, I mean, I was really excited. I, I was reading comics. I was sitting, uh, I, I came up to bed the other night. My wife was gone for the weekend, and I came up to bed after putting the, cam- the kid to bed, and I just sat down and I read comic books and I was like, I feel like 19 again. This is such so a little great. boy. <laughs> like a You're little such boy a little so boy. Great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Speaking of little boy, uh, let's get to our guest here. Now, Rob is a, and honestly, I don't think I even realized his resume was so extensive. I knew oh my gosh. He, 20 year cast. Crazy good. He, he, I knew him from yeah. doing Hoop to Do Review. Mm-hmm. I knew him from doing, he was a Dapper Dan. And I knew mm-hmm. that I'd heard he worked in Finding Nemo. But he's done so much work, so, so much cool much. stuff, which is so oh exciting. Gosh. I love it. I love the fact he's done so much stuff. So um, so we're going to cut now to Rob. We got Rob Lott on the line with us now, and let's talk to Rob. Hey, Rob Lott. Well, Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Rob, and uh, we're so glad to have you on, and um, just just excited because I know that you have a very lengthy Disney resume, and uh, it's fun because we've had various guests on the show, different animators and voiceover artists. We had Stacy uh, from us to Disney and Disney fans of all kinds, and this is one of the only times we've actually actually had a longtime veteran of the actual parks themselves, which I'm yeah, pretty oh. excited about. So oh you know, okay. we want to hear we want to hear all the secrets that are going to get you sued, <laughs> all the things that you can't tell. <laughs> Nobody listens to our show. We don't even post the show. So you can tell. He signed an NDA. Don't worry about it. Don't worry exactly. about it. It's all exactly. Good. So, <laughs> so let's start with the economics of Disney. Just kidding. So, <laughs> so Rob, um, first off, I know that uh, we'll we'll start kind of with the podcast because I know you do the leading creative podcast, and I know that I you were. We'll, we'll get to the Disney stuff in just a minute, but okay. uh, I was listening to the show, uh, and it, your podcast is great because it's ten to twenty little, minute little hits. And if you listen on one point five speed like I do, I can listen to a fifteen minute episode eight minutes, which is great. And so you know, I knocked that right out. Of course, you. Talks like this real fast and everything, but it's good. Um, but your show is all, all about of the leader. dramatic pauses. You lose all of the dramatic pause. Well, I, I don't know how he can do that, honestly. I'm like, that would drive me bananas. 
<laughs> well, it's been cool because I've knocked out six books so far this year, and I'm really excited. Oh, about that. yeah. My goal yeah, is 50. Yeah. So, but maybe a podcast, I should crank it back some. Anyway, um, but no, your podcast is all about leadership. And I know that I've talked to you uh, in person several times about leadership and everything. And and Leadership Creative, What what is tell us what your podcast is all about, first of all. What, is that, okay. what does that mean, Leadership Creative? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the Leading Creative podcast mm-hmm. exists to bridge the gap between leadership and creativity. Uh, and basically, the, the, the podcast started because I was experiencing and I was seeing this happen a lot, especially in my world of, of theatrics and, um, and live theater, live performance, that somebody they would go to somebody and say, oh, my goodness, you are a fantastic piano player. Would you be the music director of the next show? Oh, my goodness, you're a fantastic dancer. Would you be the choreographer of the next show? Oh, my goodness, what what an amazing actor you are. Would you direct the next show? And... That, and, and what a fantastic opportunities for those individuals. Uh, and I experienced this as well. Um, but the problem was that they, and we would all jump at these opportunities, but we wouldn't have the leadership uh, experience mm-hmm. to know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, also, maybe wouldn't necessarily have the, you know, you can be a great dancer and not necessarily know where to begin to choreograph something. You can be a great singer mm-hmm. and not necessarily know where to begin to to teach and lead a music rehearsal. So uh, so basically the Leading Creative podcast exists to kind of uh, take those those individuals that are just kind of just starting out in the leadership world um, and and maybe they have a creative thing that they that they're that they're just learning how to lead. Uh, and so that's what that is for. And, and it's a it's a sharing of a lot of my stories, a lot of the things that I've done mistakes I've made and uh, times that I've gotten it right and times that I've gotten it so very wrong and what I learned along the way. I love it. But that's what that is. Yeah. I have to say, I love that because coming from a musical background myself and Mm -hmm. I went to school for music education and it's so true. You can have a phenomenal performer who just they can't direct or lead. Yeah. It's just not their strength. There's no correlation between there's no yeah. correlation between talent and and leadership. And yeah. uh, but we think that there is somebody. You know, we think that that somebody who has all this amazing talent will be able to share that and influence yeah. others to be able to do as well as they are. And it's just not the case. So, um, yeah. So that's that's what the podcast exists for is to. Wow. Uh, help people get better at that. And again, if if I can help somebody move a little bit further, faster than what I did starting out, um, you know, that's, that's the hope. That's the plan. That's the goal. Wow. Very cool. Now, as we jump into the Disney stuff, I guess the first question is how did you Disney this week? We ask all of our guests that (laughs) and we want to know how you Disneyed. Um, And so most recently, uh, I'm, I'm drinking out of my, I'm drinking coffee out of my Starbucks Mm. magic kingdom cup. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I love not gonna, it. I'm not going to make the sound of, of <laughs> drinking, of sipping my coffee, but uh, yeah, that, and then, uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. What else? Uh, I have, uh, well, oh, I'm wearing my, my Florida project t-shirt. I, I saw that. That is awesome. Love I that. love that. Yeah. And uh, oh, um, <laughs> this is a little bit, I guess this is a little bit roundabout. Um, yesterday, a friend of mine, I was just thinking like, like jogging my memory of Disney stuff yesterday, a friend of mine, Okay, uh, my wife sings in an acapella group called Voctive. It's like octave, Ooh, but with a V. Right. And uh, yeah, so Voctive is the name of their group. And and they're great. They're fantastic. And they just came out with a new album called uh, Broadway to Main Street. Um, or Sorry, the corner of Broadway and Main Street. Um, and it's all Broadway tunes and Disney tunes. And mm-hmm. the whole album starts off with a Disney Parks medley. Um, and a friend of mine texted oh, me and awesome. said, who is singing the solo on this at, at you know, track number 
this. And uh, it was track number one uh, at, 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 you know, four minutes and some in. <laughs> who is singing that solo? I need to know whose voice that is. And so that was a way that I Disneyed recently. Oh, uh, I was love that. find out who that was. Yeah. Who, whose solo that was. I love that it. is fun. We're, we're going to check that out because I, I love the the talent that it takes for acapella yeah. um, mm. just because you can't rely on anything other than your Mm-mm. voices. And I think that's amazing. Listen, um, let me tell you, this group, Voctiv, is they are they are top notch. They are world class. Nice. This is they are all so uh, for for fans of uh, of the Disney parks and for fans of Disney live entertainment, you might recognize a name called the Voices of Liberty. Yes. Uh, Voices of Liberty sings over at the American Adventure Rotunda. Right now, they're across the way at the mm-hmm. American Garden stage, but they typically when out when the world is operating like normal, <laughs> right? Um, they they sing at the American Adventure Rotunda, and they're fantastic. And while there is no uh, direct connection to a mm-hmm. vocative to Voices of Liberty. Um, everybody kind of met and got their training from Voices of Liberty, and so oh. they they step out and started doing their own thing. That's and cool. uh, and it's it is stunning. It is. I'm stunning. looking. Looking arrangements are killer. Looking at the album now on iTunes, and you've got Beauty and the Beast with with Sandy Patty, a uh, Christian yeah. recording artist there. Uh, yeah. You've got David Phelps Whoa. on uh, Being Alive. And then on iTunes, it says, Poor Unfortunate Souls, I put a spell on you. And it says, Featuring. And I can't tell who it's featuring because the way the way the, no, the phone is, it cut it off. Do you remember I who, it's, who it's, I think it's Rachel Potter, I believe. Oh, and, uh, really? she was yeah, she was on the X Factor, I think, for a yeah. oh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, but, okay. but she and the arranger grew up together. They're they're really good friends. Uh the the oh creator of the group and the arranger of the group, Jamie right. Ray. They're really good friends. And so uh, but she's done a, a stint on a bunch of Broadway shows and I will uh, tell so, you yeah. that uh, great. I- I'll know eventually because I think I accidentally just bought the track. So <laughs> cool. that's, that's, another, that's another three cents into your wife's pocket there. And, uh, uh, well, well, just so you know, the the album that I'm referring to is their volume two. Ooh, so, volume so two. what you're looking at there is volume, I'm looking one, at volume there's one, volume two. Oh, oh there it is. And listen, two. let me tell you, both of them are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Both of them um, are great. Yeah, there's also is, a... There's a jazz standards album that came out between the two of them. I love jazz. And that is fantastic as well. My wife has a solo uh, feature on that one that is. Jen, what are we doing? Fun. Let's get his wife on the show. Oh my God, <laughs> right? You're good. Right. Okay, I'll listen. It's it's an, it's not an uncommon thing. I, I tell people all the time. First off, my wife, Kate, she's the best thing about me. But also that whenever people meet me, like I've done some cool stuff. I've been to some cool places, mm-hmm. had some great experiences, done mm-hmm. some really fun things. Uh, but as soon as people find out who my wife is and what she does, I become much, much, much less interesting. <laughs> well, that was, that was a Rob. Thanks for being on the show. Let's bring in Kate Lott right now. You should really, you should really hold off the, the Vokta stuff till the end of the show till you're done. And you can Listen, say, well, I know go- we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to tell yeah. you about my wife. <laughs> right. I'll go down a music rabbit hole with anybody oh, oh <laughs> forever. It's, it's so. easy to find. That's really, really cool. That's really awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your Disney store because you're 20 years. Okay. Uh, and I know that yeah. you recently left the company at the beginning of the year. And, and yeah. we can get to that later if you want. But kind of how how did that come about? What is your Disney story? Where did your love of Disney come mm-hmm. from? All of that wrapped up into however long you want to talk. Okay, so my love of Disney <laughs> came from, and it, and it is specific to the parks. I'm not against the Disney movies or, or, or mm-hmm. Disney Channel or any of that stuff that I grew up with. But at the same time, my love for Disney started in the parks. Mm-hmm. I started with Disney mm-hmm. Live Entertainment. And I would, I would tag on to that as well. Um, it was kind of my 
connection to Disney Live Entertainment. I grew up in, in Ohio uh, in a little town called Green, Ohio. Uh, it was right between Akron and Canton. Um, and I, I always say, you do know where that is? <laughs> I do. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, well, so I you, yeah, so you know, right, yeah. right that area. Uh, I yeah, I grew up in Green, Ohio, went to Green High School where our colors were orange and black. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this is this is the way that my town operated growing up, and <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud of where I come from. And at the same time, that has always struck me funny. Uh, so yeah, I grew up there, and um, so but my mother, my mother uh, was a fantastic world class. Wait for it, Tupperware lady. And nice. so yeah, so she sold <laughs> okay. she sold Tupperware, and and she was fantastic at it. So much so that uh, they would bring her to Orlando to kind of teach and train. Uh, the, the Tupperware headquarters are still located in Orlando mm -hmm. and uh, over there by Gatorland, uh, if anybody cares. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and they're still there and I drive by there sometimes just for nostalgia. Uh, but I, but yeah, so they would go, go to Orlando and she would teach and she would, she herself would also mm -hmm. get training of what was coming or the new, new products and things that were coming along. And, but what they did, the, the training was like two or three days. And my parents then turned that instead, they turned that into a week-long family vacation. And so we would come to Orlando, my parents would would do the training that was needed and called for and necessary mm -hmm. for for the to make money the rest of the year. And then, uh, but then we would spend the rest of the three or four days going to the parks here in Orlando. And so I was very young. This is when I was probably four, five, six, seven years old wow. is when this was happening. But I, I remember vividly being on Main Street USA, watching the parades, watching Dapper Dan's, mm. um, seeing the shows, seeing the parades, and just, you couldn't, you know, I couldn't get enough of it, even at that age. Yeah. I, I, I always say I come from a rare breed of rare breed of people who have always known what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I got to Orlando that I met other people who always knew what they wanted to do. And that was that I knew that I wanted to work in some way, shape or form in show business. Wow. I knew that I wanted to to be on stage, around stage, backstage, near stage, wherever I could be. I just wanted to be around that world, those people, that environment. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And so my story goes that was that was my introduction to the Walt Disney Company and my love of of live entertainment specifically in the parks and when i was graduating high school i was all set and ready to go to the ohio state university my hope was to audition for the ohio state university marching band and i was going to try to play there and do that and i was going to study music and that was what was going to happen but a friend of mine instead said hey they're having these auditions in orlando you should go um and you know, who knows, who knows what might, might come of it. And so I was like, you know what, I'm all set and ready to go to Ohio state. That's the plan, but here's an opportunity. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to jump at this opportunity. If nothing comes of it, no problem. I have another plan, but instead I'm going to jump at this opportunity. So I went to the audition and so as to say, uh, the rest is history because wow. I got the gig and I started out as a puppeteer at a show called legend of the lion King. Oh, which wow. is, yes, I yeah. love that show. me too. <laughs> me too. Now just, just real quick, you're not thinking of Festival of the Lion King, no. right? No, you remember. No. Okay, That's where I, it, I remember. It's the where first... Phil Magic is now. Yes, that yes. is correct. Yes. 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 So, Legend of the Lion King, and I, I played my very first role was it was called Track A, um, <laughs> okay. and yeah, and and Track A started as Mufasa, and then okay. went to Scar, and mm -hmm. then went to Adult Simba. And finished out the show in Adult Simba, mm -hmm. and uh, so then I also learned a, sh a track called Track C um, there at Legend of the Lion King, which started out as Cub Simba, 
um, and so did Just Can't Wait to Be King um, 11 times a day and did that. And then uh, I forget where the, where the track went after that. You, you become like the the legs of other characters and things in the show. So I huh. started there. Um, and then so I started out as a puppeteer for the company. I did a show called Pocahontas and Her Forest Friends. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, you're looking up like, well, I do. I do remember I that. I do oh remember my that gosh, show. I forgot that was even a thing. It was. Yeah. So uh, it, remember when Festival of the Lion King was at Camp Mini Mickey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that's so Pocahontas and her forest friends was a show that was right outside mm -hmm. next to um, their uh, next to the Festival of the Lion King theater. <clears throat> and so people would leave, <laughs> people would leave Festival of the Lion King and we intentionally would take their, what, what we call show dumps. We would take their, their audience and pull them into the next thing at Pocahontas right. and her forest friends. Now the difference was that Pocahontas festival of the lion King has acrobats and pyro and <laughs> singers and dancers and lights. And, you know, it's a fully immersive experience. Pocahontas and her forest friends um, is, was aimed at um, six year olds and nobody else. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was a conservation story, um, yes. you know, rightfully so about taking care of the earth, taking care of the planet, taking care of nature and everything and, and animals and how to, and so it, now it did utilize live puppetry, um, live, there was a live performer in the show mm -hmm. as well as uh, live animals that were, that were, um, you know, trained to be in the show and hit their point A to point B and all that stuff. Uh, so that was a cool kind of a, that was a, a thing that was tucked away in Disney and people would, uh, in Animal Kingdom, people would leave Festival of the Lion King totally charged up and they would come to our show and they would think they're seeing another show of that same level, uh, <laughs> that same energy, <laughs> that same excitement. Uh, and turns out, no, we're going to slow things down a little bit. Uh, anyway, so that happened. And then I, I learned a show called Voyage of the Little Mermaid um, mm -hmm. where I, I performed Sebastian and Ursula in that show wow uh and That's then cool. uh what else uh, oh and then I, I worked on a show called uh bear in the big blue house live on stage yep. I played I Pippa the Hop, mm -hmm. little purple otters uh did that and then that show or that stage rather would go on to house uh playhouse disney live on mm -hmm. stage that would mm -hmm. then also have uh disney junior live on stage eventually after that so I'm as a puppeteer, I was doing that for about three or four years. Uh, meanwhile, I was getting together with some guys on Monday, Tuesday nights, just on our own. We were getting together and singing barbershop harmony, doo-wop stuff, um, yeah, rockapella cool. type stuff all cool. on our own. That stuff. And nobody was, nobody was asking us to do this. We just wanted to get together and do it on our own. And, uh, and so I, <laughs> we, we weren't very good. I'm going to be honest. We, we just weren't <laughs> very good, but you know, we were just, well, we were having a good time, mm -hmm. but there was, there was an audition that was coming up in Orlando. Um, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland was about to open. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hong Kong Disneyland was about to open and they were looking for uh, a quartet to go there and be the opening Dapper Dan cast there in Hong Kong. Mm. And we thought, you know what? Let's go to this audition just to get noticed, just to get recognized. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get it because we're not very good. But maybe, you know, let's just go just to, see what happens yeah. and maybe they they might give us some pointers some things we can get better at and maybe we, we we will be considered for future things but let's go ahead and get the ball rolling that maybe this would be something yeah. that we could do well we went there got about a song and a half in and the casting director waves his hand and goes okay 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 that's enough and i thought for sure it was like okay thanks that's yeah, all we need right, on your way right. and instead he goes okay so here's what's going to happen i'm going to send the quartet that is in Tokyo right now. I'm going to send them to Hong Kong. I'm going to send you guys to Tokyo. It's a 13 month contract. All of you need to say wow. yes or none of you can go. I'm going to give you the what? weekend to think about it. Uh, <laughs> we need an answer by Monday. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I went to this audition on my lunch break from the Playhouse Disney show. And and I came back and everybody was like, hey, how was the audition? I'm like, <laughs> I, well, let me tell you. I, it, it was pretty good. Uh, it went pretty well. We booked the gig. So uh, about a month later, a month or two later, we ended up going to Tokyo and spent 13 months in Tokyo singing as the Dockside Porters at Tokyo mm-hmm. Disney Sea. Whoa. Yeah. And, um, and so then when I came back after that, uh, we... Um, my friend who had hired me as a puppeteer said, Hey, I'm looking for people to start actually teaching the puppetry. Would you be interested in that? I said, yeah, that that would be great. So I, I went from doing onstage work to do more the production side and the backstage side and working on a show called finding Nemo, the musical. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. (laughs) That's the best show on property. In my opinion, that is, I don't disagree. I know Lion King, a frozen show is really funny. I love the show. The uh, Finding Nemo show is so the artistry in that is like it's it's beautiful show and the music's great and and the 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 just keep swimming song between Marlon and 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 Dory like that is like I love that I like I know the whole song by heart I have the sound I love me too I love I love it I I I remember weeping in that show like I was like oh my gosh it's so good it's It's jarring right it is so beautiful well my kid one of that's one of the first places he he walked was in that show and and and, I I know you and I I don't know if you know that uh, you know I have a special needs son and he started walking everything was late for him and I remember we were waiting for the show to start we were sitting close to the front and he was getting up there where the stage is that wall leading to the stage and he kind of stood up on there and he just went back and forth running back and forth on that wall <laughs> just back and forth on the colors and hitting the bubbles and laughing and giggling and he was mesmerized by the show oh, that's is, amazing he, his attention spans like of a mop i mean he doesn't follow anything and he watched that show like <laughs> just you know oh, it was it was so good and that's so awesome cool. that's so that's so great so. to hear um yeah i i remember i i remember sitting and watching the show as i was working on it i would watch yeah. the show and uh give the cast kind of some pointers and some notes and tips and things on how to how to perform the puppetry uh just a little bit cleaner crisper mm-hmm. uh you know w- take the things that are working and let's keep doing more of that let's double down mm-hmm. on that and then here's some things that maybe aren't working so let's work on that and figure it out um so I was out watching the show and uh, you know how they do, not right now they don't, but remember uh, they would do the, the hey, the theater's going to be full so everybody needs to scrunch in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they made that announcement and I scrunched in toward the center of my row and the couple that was a little ways down the way from me, they did not scrunch in. And I looked mm-hmm. and, I, and I thought, well, okay, I mean, it's their prerogative, but then a... Um, a, an operations cast member came forward and said, Hey, Hey, you guys need to scoot in and realized that they didn't speak English. Um, it was, they, they were, they were here from Asia and they didn't speak English. They were here visiting and they didn't, they didn't understand. And then, so when everybody scooted in, they didn't know necessarily what to do. And uh, so finally we got, we figured it out and I go, Oh no, like they're, they're going to have a hard time with this show because yeah. it's all English. It's all singing. But, uh, what was amazing it got to the um uh just keep swimming the end of just keep swimming uh after the um the the jellyfish uh uh attack (laughs) on dory and dory floats down and she says am am i did i win am i did i win yeah yeah. (laughs) um 
And he said, no, 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 but you have to listen to me. And it gets super quiet. Mm -hmm. And this girl who had finally, she scooted over next to me and she's sitting next to me. And this girl, I just, I feel her shoulders start to start to go up and down. And it was because she was crying. She was crying in that moment. And, you know, I don't know how much of the story that they knew ahead of time, but the like you say, the the way that the whole show wraps around the audience and and the way that the story is constructed and the way that, that the story happens, it doesn't you don't need to necessarily under, need to understand every single word in order to mm-hmm. get what the story is about. And that was that was my clincher for me of going, yes, I agree. Oh. This is this is artistry. This is not just a standard yes. theme yes. park show. It's, it's a this beautiful is, show. Love it's it. stunning. So, so I started I started working on that show as, as a as a puppet specialist, uh, is what that's called. Uh, working on a whole bunch of other shows, but here's where the path gets interesting. You know, people will ask, ask me like, Rob, I want to do what you do. How do I get to do what you do? And I said, well, I'll tell you my story. I'll tell you the path that I took, but you might have a hard time following it because like it was very specific, um, very specific circumstances because I was teaching the show because I was so familiar with the show. I was able to um, step in when people were missing in rehearsals, when roles were missing in rehearsals, Mm -hmm. I would step in and play those roles. Now I had no nervousness around that because it was just a fun thing I was doing. I already had the job. So it was just a fun thing that I was doing and I would step into those roles. And over time, the directors and the kind of the uh, creative production team people, they, they pulled me aside at one point. They're like, Rob, is this something that you want to do? Uh, do you want to be on stage? Do you want to be performing? I said, I, well, I mean, yeah, I, I love that part of it. But the way that the Walt Disney Company is set up in terms of the parks is that you can't, you, you, because of unions, because of everything, mm-hmm. the way that, you know, yeah. pay scales, payroll, all of that, you have to kind of stay in your lane, what, sure. you know, and do the thing that you've been mm-hmm. hired to do. And it's hard to, you can't cross over and do a whole bunch of different things at all. You have to kind of stay in your lane and do the yeah. same thing. Um, that you've been hired to do, at least for that week. <laughs> next, <laughs> the next week when the payroll changes, you can right. do something else. But for this week, we need you to stay doing. So yeah. I was like, I would like to, but at the same time, I'm not really allowed to step out and do something different. Right. And they said, well, I mean, let's look at that. And uh, I got invited to an audition. And that was when uh, I got invited to an audition for um, uh, the Hoop Doo Review. I shouldn't say I was, invi- <gasps> I was, I was, uh, I went to an audition for the Hoop Doo Review. I was invited to a callback. What and year is this? Okay. What, what year this is this? This would have yeah. been uh, in 2000. Uh, well, I went to a handful of auditions. I went to two or three auditions for Hoop Doo before mm-hmm. I got a callback. Um, but this would have been probably 2011, 2012. Okay. okay. Um, and so I, I went to the callback and, uh, from the callback, I got the call that yes, uh, they wanted to teach me the show. And so I got to learn uh six bit Slocum there at the hoop Doo review, oh. um, and started doing that. Um, and then, um, but, but at the same time, like I said, I was, um, I, I was teaching puppetry. Um, and because of that, I wasn't able to cross over and perform. Uh, just whenever I wanted to. But so mm-hmm. I went to my management. And I said, hey, what if we reverse this? What if I was an emergency sub for you guys as teaching puppetry? And instead I, I kind of crossed over and got a little bit more into full-time performance. And they said, well, that sounds like a win, win, win. So um, so they let me do that. Nice. And I crossed over. And so in 2013, I got a full-time contract with the Hoopty Doo Review. And um uh, there's, I'm, I'm kind of skirting over for, for a lot of you listening. Like there's a whole lot of details that are within that. I didn't just like raise my <laughs> right. hand and they go, yes, Rob, yeah, it wasn't a sign up sheet in the cafeteria. Right. Like there's, <laughs> there's a, a process. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it would be. There's a process and everything you have to go through and there's details and everything specifically to, 
to make that happen. But anyway, so I, I started performing that full time. That was in 2013. And then I learned, uh, worked on shows like uh, Turtle Talk with Crush and mm. um, um, uh, the Dapper Dans of Main Street USA. Um, then there's a little atmosphere show that was behind uh, Mag- uh, that was behind the castle in um, Fantasyland called the Royal Majesty Makers. Did that for a little while. I remember and, that. Yeah. And, uh, and then also I finally got to step on stage in the role of Marlon uh, in Finding Nemo the Musical mm. as well. So I think that kind of brings us up to speed. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, I was furloughed <laughs> then at the end of March and then part of the, uh, the, the, the fabled 32,000 that were oh. let go. Right. But uh, we are all very optimistic that everything, uh, once the world gets back up and running, yes. we will be invited back and we'll Absolutely. be able to get everything back and going. So yes. again, the, the name of, the, of the, 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 the takeaway, the theme I want you to understand is that I am still very optimistic. I, am, mm. I still do love the company. I have no bad feelings toward them. The shows aren't open. The shows yeah. aren't open. The shows right. aren't open and up and running. So it it's does not like not they replace you. They just don't have any shows. Right. Yeah, they just, they right. just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've, I've been saying, yeah. you know, the, the stages are dark. They're not closed. Mm-hmm. The right. shows are not closed. They are just dark for the time being. Yes. And the time will come when they will open them back up. Mm-hmm. And when they do, we are ready. And I think that audiences are going to be ready as well. Oh my gosh, for sure. Because I think that's such a such a unique part of the Walt Disney Company, you know, under normal circumstances. That's what, you know, people enjoy those shows. It creates such magic. I know even for, even for me, who's been going to the parks for years. I mean, I've been to the parks, I don't know. Well, not as much as you, but <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> probably like 75 times anyway. But, but, yeah, but, but you I know, mean, but you know, it's yeah, magical. I, I'm with you. And I, I, I forget what study it was. I forget what study... Um, so I, I may not have my numbers right on this hundred percent. So don't, nobody fact check me on this, but <laughs> I, I know that there was a study done where they, they went in and they, they kind of realized that, um, live performance, live shows, parades, um, atmosphere, entertainment, big stage shows, productions, all of it. Um, the more live they are, uh, that is going to be something that people return to time and time again. Mm-hmm. So it's not that people yeah. are, are, they end up then doing the things that are kind of pre-recorded that are finished, that are done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at you, Carousel of Progress, uh, like, you know, <laughs> as well as, um, you know, Haunted Mansion and Rock and Roller Coaster and mm-hmm. Everest. And like, these are fantastic, amazing, brilliant, so imaginative, mm-hmm. incredible attractions. But for most people, once you've done them, you've done them. And now it becomes something that you do while you're waiting for the next show to start. because Mm -hmm. the shows change over and over and over again. And even if the show Mm -hmm. itself doesn't change for a number of years, the performers and the takes in them do. And Mm -hmm. so there's that live element of, you know, that you are a part of something in the audience. You're a part of something that is only happening right here, right now for Mm -hmm. us. And that's, that's different than a, than a revolving, uh, you know, slow moving, (laughs) you know? Well, and it's, it's true because, you know, I, I have been on say Everest a thousand times. I love Everest and I do, but I can't say, oh, this one trip, this happened. Or I remember Mm -hmm. looking out, whatever, but I can The best you you, can hope for is that it shuts down. Exactly. It breaks down. As long as I have the good view. Um, (laughs) But, but you take something like the jungle cruise. I can Mm -hmm. remember specific vacations when I had a certain skipper that did a certain joke or said a certain thing like May of my favorite jungle cruise ever was at 2 a.m. on in May of 2015. I remember that specifically that overnight (laughs) thing. And that was the best skipper I've ever had. And so, but I did it because who that person was, he was live. He was so crazy about just all over the place. Yeah. 
and the skipper that came after the next day was probably one of the worst because they were very mundane and very just blah blah blah. But as you were talking about live entertainment, I immediately think of things like Living with the Land that used to mm-hmm. have the live oh, performer, and, and you know, and maybe the spiel was the same just about every time. Same thing with a great movie ride when it was around. But it just lost something when you went to the pre-recorded, especially since sometimes the speakers didn't work. So if you sat in the back, you heard. Just like what? What? It's literally. What's I'm happening? Sorry, what? what was that? What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, random question about Finding Nemo the musical, and this may yeah. be a question. You, your answer is, I have no idea. I don't know. Do you know why they never had a character meet and greet with the characters from there? Because yes. it's obvious we have the the performers that are there holding mm-hmm. the characters, and right. so that magic would not be would not be ruined. Do you know? I mean, what is the reason they never had a meet and greet? Because I would have loved to have met Marlon or or Nemo or Dory, like in yeah. that kind of setting. Well, so um, for for safety reasons, we can't bring you on stage, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's 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 part number one. Mm-hmm. But then the question comes: Okay, well then let's meet them someplace else. The puppets are built, designed. The whole thing is designed to look a certain way under the lighting. Oh, but that makes sense. Okay. And so, and honestly, like if, if whenever you, um, if you were to ever, if you were to ever see them under the work lights, mm-hmm. um, if you were ever to see the, the performers, their costumes, as well as the puppets under work lights, um, then you would see that they aren't necessarily the color and the thing that you expect <laughs> right. them to Interesting. be. Right. Uh, okay. So, so there's that. Also, the closer you get to them, uh, they were meant to be seen from from a distance. Makes they, sense. Okay. They're not meant to Makes be seen up close. You'll mm-hmm. see all of the the inner workings of the eyelids and the mm-hmm. the springs and all that stuff mm-hmm. up. You know, and it's not it's not a secret as to how we're doing it. Um, but it's just the closer you get, the 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 less uh, it becomes that way. The other thing is. Um, you know, it's uh, just in terms of the, the improvisational piece of that, Mm -hmm. a lot of our performers are able to do that and they're incredible with it. And at the same time, it's not necessarily something that we can expect from everyone. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. so the the show was built to be kind of seen in its box right? and, uh, and, and, and so stepping outside and away from that, uh, would be, uh, for lack of better terms, maybe disappointing makes sense it's that not as magical sense. when you see it when you, when you sure. see it close that makes sense sure. makes no sense. i i would say that uh you know by all means though if you head over to epcot and you do turtle talk with crush mm-hmm. uh you can get real mm-hmm. close to those characters yeah. there. that's true yeah, yeah. that's very true <laughs> i i just have to say like in the finding nemo the musical i just have to go back to it because as we could talk about this for an hour by the way i know i really <laughs> could though nemo. like i told you i'll go down a rabbit hole yeah. just like as a vocalist i i mean i've had to sing in some strange like you know when yeah. you're performing you're like laying on a cheese lounge and you have to be like you know whatever but whenever i'm watching you guys flip through the air use a puppet Mm -hmm. and still sing and i was going Okay, that's a lot of course. That's strength. because like, this like, fish I'm is built for speed. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah, the um, the the it's not this way anymore. The the rehearsal process for Finding Nemo the Musical um, is about four weeks. Uh, oh, okay. For, it's four weeks long for principal performers. Uh, it's about three weeks for uh, ensemble performers in the show. And so uh, in that four weeks and a, and a majority of that time is spent um, on the fly system, <laughs> uh, learning, yeah. learning how to do that and how to, how to not only, you know, maintain balance mm-hmm. and have it look mm-hmm. the you know, have it look cute and not have it look 
not cute. Um, uh, You know, so, so a lot of the time is spent there. Uh, But also I, I say this all the time, you know, that, um, there's always kind of an you go to any Disney show and you see any Disney performer of course the acting the singing the dancing that that's an expected thing that's always going to be there but Disney Mm -hmm. will always introduce in every one of their shows for every single role there's always going to be a specialty skill Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. makes that sets it apart that sets the performance apart and sometimes the specialty skill is audience participation sometimes Mm -hmm. the specialty skill is a specific way of singing sometimes the specialty skill is character Mm -hmm. voices um you know that kind of thing but you know of course finding Nemo the musical is a really great example where there's puppetry involved there's Mm -hmm. flight um uh, uh flight rig training that's involved all of that stuff so yeah, there's there's a specialty skill that's associated with everything. And they teach you that. So you arrive already knowing how to sing, act, and dance. And then they go, sure. okay, so now that we have you. Let me put these wires on this you. Other thing. Yeah, we're you Are you afraid of heights? <laughs> it I is have... interesting. A lot of that stuff is never brought up in the callback. Uh, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> you know, they don't say, hey, are you afraid of heights? Is this going to be a problem? Uh, no, they just, you know, I think they assume that hopefully you've hopped on YouTube or at least gone to the parks right. and seen the show. <laughs> and uh, I think that they assume that you know what you're signing up for. But yeah, that's. Well, the, the show, I mean, the show itself is just, it's it's so magical because you've got not just Dory yeah. and and uh, Marlon and Nemo as the puppets and coming mm-hmm. through the crowd with the fish and everything at the beginning. That's cool. But then you've got this massive pelican that sticks his head out of the side. <laughs> of the you've, got, you've got Crush and you've got the Saint on top, you know, and go with the flow and he's back and forth with all the turtle. And there, there's so many of these cool, Mr. Ray on the bicycle is in oh, genius. Yes. I mean, I it's mean. like, and yeah. obviously I, I, I hearken it to the Lion King on Broadway, kind of a lot of the same facets and kind of, you know, with the, yeah. what's the, the same, same puppet designers. Same puppet, puppet designers. Oh, okay. Stuff, but, yeah. yeah, but just the creativity behind it with like with Mr. Ray on the uh, on the bicycle, he's riding the bike, and that's how the fins go up that's and right. down, and just it's. <laughs> It's so cool. I, again, I could spend an hour on this, but we'll we'll kind of walk away from Nemo yeah. because otherwise we'll be forever. <laughs> I know I'll just keep going. Well, and I, I keep, you, I'm going on a rabbit hole. And honestly, like I'm, I want to go back to um to the the Lion King show that you did uh, early on. That was you said that kind of the beginning of your of your tour through through Disney. And yeah. I'm trying to piece it together of when you might have been there because there's a good chance that we saw you on our honeymoon because oh, you know because chance. I was a uh, on our honeymoon was was February of 2008. Uh, we went to Disney World. That was my first time mm-hmm. at Epcot. My first time at Animal Kingdom. My first top uh, time at Hollywood Studios. Second time at Magic Kingdom, which was cool. But um, I got to see all the shows, including the Lion King show, which I remember because it was mm-hmm. on my honeymoon. And now yeah. I'm like, was Rob there? I bet Rob was there. <laughs> That's awesome. What if I saw Rob 20 years ago? I didn't even know it. That's awesome. So. Could very well. Could very well. Have, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are your, what, totally what are your favorites? What are your, like your favorite? Yeah. If Disney calls you up and says, Hey, we're putting your, putting, bringing your vote, bringing people back. You're one of our veteran performers. Where do you want to go to kick this thing off again? I want to go to Pioneer Hall at the mm. Hoopty Doo <laughs> Review. I want to put that bowler hat back on. Uh-huh. I want to... I want to I want to mm-hmm. get back on stage as Six Bit mm-hmm. Slocum. Uh, I, years ago, when I was at Legend of the Lion King, mm-hmm. um, and this was in uh, early two thousand, um, uh, my stage manager there was saying, "Okay, so I'm going to finish up here, and then I have Hoopty Doo tonight." Mm-hmm. And I said, "What's Hoopty Doo?" And she said, "Oh, it's a dinner show over at Fort Wilderness." And I said, "Oh, uh, can." How do I how do I get to see that? And she goes, um, well, you know what? I'm there tonight. Why don't you stop by? I'll give you the directions. You you come on by, and I'll put you up on the shelf. I'll put you in the balcony, and uh, and you can watch a show. 
I was like, well, my goodness. Okay. So I, <laughs> I was invited and I got to go and see the show. And this was in, again, this was in 2000. I wasn't going to get to step on that stage until 2012, oh but this was in gosh. 2000. And I remember watching the show and I remember seeing six, six bit Slocum on stage. And I thought to myself, I know how to do that. I huh. can do that. Um, I didn't necessarily have the experience. I didn't necessarily have the, uh, the skills on my resume that were going to be called for and needed to be able to do that. I needed to put in the time uh, mm-hmm. of, of, that would cross over the next 12 years, yeah. but right. um, I knew that I could do that. And so to this day, it's just, it's the character, it's the role that I identify with the most, huh. um, that I enjoy playing the most. Um, yeah, yeah. Second to that would be... Um, well, I don't want to say what second of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or so, because no, I, just as I'm going through it, I'm like, oh my goodness, but I love all my other stages as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to a couple of times, and Jen has yeah. been a couple of times as oh, well. Oh yeah. Um, your pitch to Hoop to Do. If the audience is like, okay, what exactly is Hoop to Do? It's a dinner show. What does that mean? <laughs> what, what? How would you describe that to people who want to know what Hoop to Do review is? Okay, so if you're there for the entertainment, it is a uh, hour and a half vaudeville style sing and dancing comedy show, mm-hmm. and we've got six performers on stage. We've got live musicians, a, yeah. a banjo player, and a piano player, and we put on a vaudeville style show that is just super fun. We always say we're not the best show at Walt Disney World, but we're the most fun you ever had. And so mm-hmm. uh, don't go there with the expectation that it's going to be Festival of the Lion King or Fantasmic <laughs> or anything like that. You are going there to just have a great time. And one of the things that we do to help us with that is that if you're going for the food, because uh, it is a dinner show, then it is all you care to eat um, of, you know, home style cooking of fried, fried chicken, beans. Yep. Cornbread food is so good. It's, it's amazing. So good. Oh, it's so so good. Ribs, oh, uh, uh, mashed potatoes, all that stuff. And yeah. then we wrap the whole thing up with mm-hmm. strawberry shortcake, and it's mm-hmm. great. But if you are not only there just for the food, but it is also all you care to drink beer, wine, and sangria. Yep. And it- if our goal is to give you the best time you ever had, then that is super helpful in, <laughs> yeah. uh, in getting you there. <laughs> people, I will tell you, I have clients who are mad they cannot do hoop de doo on yeah. their I get asked about like, it a lot. upcoming trip. So. Everyone's like, oh, no, but we go every time. I'm like, not this year, right I, I now. Have a yeah. that, that, that right will now. continue to ask me when is hoop opening, and I'm like, I will like, let you know when hoop comes back. I, you will believe know me. I will we will be you. blogging about it Trust as soon me. as we find yeah. out. Is hoop open yet? No, it wasn't open yesterday. It's not open today. Come on. I wish. I've been trying open. to figure out a way, like to subtly, because you know, whenever we find out that it'll be opening, I'm sure there will be like, hey, we can't, we can't. I'm sure you can't talk about it, right? Um, but I've been trying to figure out a way to subtly, like, just something will change about my Facebook profile <laughs> picture or something. You just come back on our show. Everyone. Just yeah, call me up. Right. Like, I need to be on the show in three, four minutes. You'll be like, yeah, uh, it sounds totally. like Schmoop Lilu is coming back. <laughs> I'm not saying a word, you know. And so, yeah. be the easiest thing. Um. As a performer, obviously, you're going to have awkward moments. You're going to have things that happen oh. out of the blue because you have to be ready for anything. What are a couple of maybe unexpected audience moments, awkward moments, things didn't go right, <laughs> anecdotal kind of, you know, give us the give us the scoop. We want to know the Disney. But those stories. are painful to think about. <laughs> it didn't have to necessarily be you. Maybe you, maybe not you dropped a line, but something happened. You know, because like I did children's theater in college, and I I didn't uh-huh. do that much of it, but even I have two or three like. Okay, so this is an insane story. One day we were blah, blah, blah. We were supposed yeah. to, but here's what happened instead. Kind of yeah. thing. 
Well, and if you've ever seen the Hoopty Doo review, then then you know what I'm about to say will kind of make sense, and that is that we uh, we invite things to go wrong. We are we hope that things are going to go wrong. <laughs> we want things to go wrong, and when they go wrong, you know, and I say this as a testament to everybody in the cast, musicians, technicians, and all of the actors on stage, um, that it's kind of we love it. It's our favorite thing, and we have an answer for it, and we have a way to fix it and include mm -hmm. it in the show. So it's hard to point back to things and go, oh my goodness, this thing went so horribly wrong. Because one of the rules that I live by at that stage is to bring the audience into our reality. Let's bring the mm -hmm. audience with us along into our reality. So if something has gone wrong, let's let the audience know so they're with, they're in on it with us. We had, um, mm -hmm. uh, it's not that, that we just have dessert that arrives. The dessert at the Hoopty Doo Review arrives with a production dance number. Mm -hmm. And so the curtain <laughs> opens and the servers are all standing there with strawberry shortcake up on trays and they do a kick line to bring the shortcake out into the audience. Well, <laughs> we had gone for about 42, 43 years without incident. Mm -hmm. um, and it was though on a <laughs> night <laughs> that I was there <laughs> that we just, the curtain opened and something happened. Somebody got bumped just the right <laughs> way. Oh no. And <laughs> there's strawberry shortcake splattered all over the stage everywhere. It's on the curtains. It's up against the back, uh, the back drop. It, we, everybody realizes we can't, okay, we need to move everything downstage. We can't be dancing through this and spreading it out. So everything gets moved downstage. Now here's what we're about to do is that we're, as soon as the strawberry shortcake leaves the stage, we're going to close the curtain. Well, when the curtain closes, it gets dragged through all of this what? shortcake. Uh, and so we have about, be, uh, that's when we start uh, going out into the audience to find audience volunteers mm -hmm. to do the, the big finale, the big spectacle mm -hmm. at the end of Davy Crockett. And so I knew I'm the only one who stays backstage um, and everybody else goes out into the house. And so the, now I will say the audience is fully aware of what has happened. They saw the whole thing go down <laughs> and they saw the look on everybody's faces. They see the servers looking at each other like, oh no, who's, how are we going to, what's going to happen? So the curtain closes and immediately there is a swarm of stage management and servers and technicians and everybody comes on backstage to start cleaning this up because we, we still need to continue on with the show. Uh, but all of that to say, I kept sticking my head out <laughs> through the curtain because Jim is out on stage and he's explaining to everybody, okay, folks, we're going to gather up some volunteers. We're going to bring them up on stage. Yeah. And I keep uh, kind of alluding to him, hey, you need to stretch some more. We still need some time back here to get this all cleaned up. Uh, but yeah, so I, things like that. I was um, out in the house and I was spinning somebody around in their chair and uh, or rather I, I pulled their chair out to kind of get around them. Mm -hmm. And when I pulled on their chair, the back of the chair came off. Uh, and thankfully, <laughs> you broke hoopty doo. <laughs> I did. I broke hoopty doo. Thankfully, uh, they did not fall off of the chair. They didn't fall out of the chair. But things like that. I mean, the show's been around for forty plus years, forty-five yeah. plus years. Gosh. And uh, you know, and and it's we do the show three times a night, seven nights mm -hmm. a week. And there's going to be there's going to be things Something. that happen all along yeah. the way. Something always sure. happens. But like I said, we we welcome it. We want it. And so those stories get passed down of the things that have happened. And then here's how we responded to it. 
So when that happens, you know, 10 years from now, again, when something like that mm. happens again, we'll be able to say, oh, this is what, okay. And everybody kind of jogs through their memory of the yeah. stories that they have heard of things that happened 20, 30 years ago at Hoop-dee-doo. And they go, oh, okay, here's how we fix this. Here's how we, here's how we make it okay. Here's how we make it funny. Here's how right. we make it fun. Right. right. Love it. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing in my head how that would feel like if I was the one to drop this, like the shortcake. Um, <laughs> but again, I mean, all we could do was laugh. Right. All we could right. do was laugh and all she could do, you know, immediately she went, yeah. Oh, and we all looked at it on the, on the ground. And, and she looks up and we just all start laughing because that's see, all you that's, can do. That's I the kind of that. show that, 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 that works perfectly. It just fits. Yep. You just kind of go with it. Yeah. It would be hard to do that in something like, you know, be our guest restaurant or something where, <laughs> where the gray stuff gets splattered all over the carpet. Here yeah, comes Beast Tron okay. through it. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. no, this is different, this is different situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I will say like things, things also, again, we, um, Disney is known for, for the shows being performed being presented, being performed mm -hmm. to a level of expectation um, that is, that is, you know, we try to touch right. the fingertips of excellence is, you know, Absolutely. the way that, that we talk about it. We want it to be great and we are working, We good is not good enough. If better is available, then good is no longer good enough. So we're always mm -hmm. aiming toward great. Every now and then we touch the fingertips of excellence. <laughs> um, and so, so that is the aim. That's what we're doing. But part of part of how we get there is because we're doing the shows so regularly. Right. Sure. Um, we're doing the shows mm -hmm. so often, so much, That's seven huge. days a week. You know, everybody's part. Day. They all know your part. You can Absolutely. all just cover for each other. That Absolutely. So sense. when, when something goes wrong immediately, um, either we have a plan for it or we will figure out a contingency that what, so mm -hmm. that when that happens again, the audience will never know. Right. And so yeah, the few times sure. that, that you've seen, and there's, you know, of course with it, it doesn't take much to do a, um, a YouTube or a Google search <laughs> and, you know, find uh, Walt Disney world bloopers um, and see all of the things that have gone wrong over the years. And we embrace that. We like that. Mm -hmm. We're okay yeah. with that, you know, but at the same time, we, those things didn't happen again. And, right. sure. <laughs> you know, sure. they might've happened one time. They might've been caught on, on, on tape one time. Mm -hmm but it's not going to happen again. And uh, we're going to have a plan to make sure that it doesn't happen again. But almost always, whenever I see those, I'm so impressed with how the performer has gotten out of it or, or made it, you know, played it off or, you know, however the situation was handled. Like I even remember yeah. over the summer, there was something with a horse and Merida and That's right. I was just incredible. I'm like, look at that skill. Like, look how yep. she got off of that. They got that handled like that. Yep. I'm impressed actually. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not disturbed. I'm just impressed. Yeah. That was on, that was on opening day. I remember that yeah. as well. That was on opening day of the magic kingdom after all that time had gone, yeah. gone by. And so of course, so many eyes, so many people were, were paying attention to this. Yeah. And so that video got out and went, went viral. And I agree with you. And, and I think the majority of the world was saying, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Look I at that. Because, and, and again, mm -hmm. I talk about yeah. the specialty skill that the yeah. company teaches and <laughs> they don't cut corners on the, on mm -hmm. that teaching. Uh, you'll get an enough rehearsal safety. Of course, is the number one key. So you're going to mm -hmm. get enough rehearsal to feel safe and confident in doing the work that yeah. you need to do. Um, none of what we do is safe. And sure. so, you know, and I say that in, in, in the larger sense of the world, right. the world is not yeah. a safe place. And so I always say, that's why we have rehearsal. 
<laughs> we That's have right. to make it <laughs> yes. as safe as we possibly right. can. Right. And so that everybody knows where everybody's going to be. Everybody knows what they're going to be doing when they get there. Yeah. And so when things like that happen with the horse, yeah, like, yeah. They, I mean, I, you can't control I that. I am exactly. And I immediately um, saw the training go into work. Oh, everybody yeah. knew what to do. And it was fixed. I think if you look at the the whole thing was fixed in, a, in less than 10 Under seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah, I was about to say so it was less than 10 seconds. And I was yep. I was just imp- I'm like, look at that. She's off. She's safe. The cast members have it handled. No one was injured. That was nobody freaked out. And there was no danger to the, to the guests. There was no danger to the guests. Everything was good. It was, it was a freak accident and it was just like, but I was impressed. And that, I feel like anytime you see that, in any show where something has oopsie, you know, oops gone wrong. <laughs> well, and, and of course, like, it's, horse had a balloon just, wrapped around yeah. his leg. Yeah. So my guess is they went like, back and said, okay, how can I'd we prevent- I'd probably freak out. <laughs> how can we prevent balloons from getting around the horse's legs? Those are uh, probably the next conversation they had. That's and that'll absolutely. never happen again. You know? right. <laughs> All right. So, so Rob, I know that, you know, since you, we, we separated from the company, um, you know, which hopefully we're crossing our fingers that everything right. will go back. But yeah. Blue Trumpet Creative is your new, your new venture. What is yes. that? Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. All right. So um, Blue Trumpet Creative has been percolating for a little while. Um, The long and the short of it is that um, I was walking through, I was walking through uh, New York City, just just out and away, a couple blocks away from Times Square. And this was years ago. Um, And I I was walking through and I, and I see up ahead a music shop. And in the music store, in the window, was a display of brass instruments and right in the middle was this shiny blue trumpet. Oh. And I, and I was like, Oh my goodness. That is, you see every day. It's not something yeah. you see every day. And I would, now I'm, I grew up as a trumpet player. Um, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to join the Ohio state university yeah. marching band. I was going to be a trumpet player with them. And I, so I, I grew up as a trumpet player and I am drawn to brass instruments and specifically the trumpet. And so I see this blue trumpet in the window and I like, I need to, I need to get closer to that. And so I, <laughs> I walk up to it and I, and I get super close and it's stunning, beautifully built. Oh, um, but as I get close enough, I also get a glimpse of the price tag on the blue trumpet. And I realize, oh man, yeah, that is something I don't think I will ever have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're not talking a week's salary. You're not talking a month's salary. We're, you know, this this was this was a notable investment that I certainly uh-huh. could not justify at the time as a as somebody who just has a a hobby of being a trumpet player. Uh, this is not something that I <laughs> I could ever you know justify. So, uh, but I always thought I I always remembered and thought back on that blue trumpet and thought, oh man, that's something I'm not going to ever have. Well. Uh, Cut to years later, I'm walking now again on those same streets, but now with my wife and uh, I come up on that same music store. Now in the window was a different display. The blue trumpet was gone. Something else was there, but I said, oh my goodness, Kate, can I tell you about this blue trumpet that I saw in this window? I, I just, you know, I was so drawn to this thing, but it was just so expensive and it's just, there's no way that I would ever have be able to have that. Well, my wife filed that away as she is prone to do. And uh, that was in the spring and, and Christmas rolls around. And just like uh, where it was Christmas morning and just like the dad in a Christmas story, all the presents have been opened. And, but she goes, you know what? Maybe there's one more, maybe there's one more. And I had been saying that I wanted a new trumpet. Right. You know, blue trumpet aside, I just wanted a new trumpet. I was Were ready. you wearing the pink bunny suit whenever they <laughs> she, she pointed you over to the corner by the you piano? Like and she was like, nightmare. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, 
but uh, so, so yeah, so she she leaves and she comes back around the corner and she has uh, wrapped what is clearly um, it looks like the the shape of a trumpet case. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my goodness, she got me a new trumpet. That's amazing. And she slides it across the carpet to me. And I open it and sure enough, it's this, it's this trumpet case and I unzip it and I unlatch it and I open it up and peering out uh, through the protective plastic inside, um, I see a glimmer of blue. Oh my gosh. And immediately, immediately I started to cry. And she goes, oh, and she had not seen that side of me very much. And uh, I'm very prone to crying uh, when I'm happy. Uh, But she had not seen that side of me very much. And so she goes, what? what what did i oh is it wrong i thought that was i thought this was i go no 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 this is amazing this is exactly what i wanted um and so my wife sure enough here you can't necessarily if you're listening but here it is oh it's awesome oh that's gorgeous so um now here's what she found out she found out that um you know yeah the one that was in the storefront there in new york city yeah that one's crazy expensive but if you just do an amazon search for blue trumpet turns out they are readily available and they're not all that crazy expensive (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah and so here is why blue trumpet creative exists is because maybe there is an idea maybe there is something that you want to do and you think to yourself nope that's not something i'm ever gonna have Mm-hmm. Nope, that's not something I'm ever going to be able to do. That's not a title that I will be ever ever be able to hold. Um, my leadership, my creativity is is not at the level that I need for to be able to follow through on that idea and get the thing done. And I'm here to tell you, Blue Trumpet Creative is here to tell you that no, with a little bit of research and mm-hmm. to just figure it out and, and look around and maybe there's another way, maybe there's another route. If having that blue trumpet that is mm-hmm. in the storefront, if that is the goal, then there's only one way to do that. And you can need to save up and you need to figure that right. out. But if just having a blue trumpet is the goal, then uh, by all means, uh, there's other ways. There's other ways to do that. So Blue Trumpet Creative exists um, on three fronts. It is coaching, consulting, and creative development. And uh, I, I had the opportunity because it's my company. And so I get to do and make have the company do the things that I enjoy doing that I've also been asked and paid to do. And so wow. uh, since you're building a company, that's those are the things you get to do. And uh, there are other things that I have been paid to do that I did not enjoy doing. And so those are not things that Blue Trumpet Creative does. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so so it's coaching, which is more the one-on-one stuff. And it's kind of what we were talking about before of, uh, uh, you know, if you're a leader who's looking to up your game in creativity, if you're a creative who's looking to up your game in leadership um, and any kind of ratio in between, then um, Blue Trumpet Creative can help with that. Uh, that's is in terms of the one-on-one coaching. If you're a leader of creative or if you are, if you are a creative that needs to gain some leadership skills, um, Mm -hmm. by all means, we can help with that. And then the consulting piece, I geek out on um, systems and processes of Mm. in, in business. And what's crazy about that, people go, why? Rob, you're you are a performer at Walt Disney World, and yet you're reading all these business books and all these, you know, systems and leadership books and everything. Yeah, I am. And it's because I know that what we um 
the the principles of leadership apply to the creative and the theatrical world. Mm -hmm. And so if we can take those things and apply them now, I would also say that it's reversed, that a lot of the things that we know how to do in, in our theatrical realm, in our theatrical world mm -hmm. would be super helpful in the, um, in the corporate world. And so that's where the consulting piece comes into play is how can we uh, how can I help your team? How can Blue Trumpet Creative help your team uh, to kind of drill down on core values, mission statements, again, all that stuff that I uh -huh. geek out about that maybe you're like, mm, it's just, it's, it's it's a lot of time. Well, no, I can help you get there fast. Um, and then also just the systems that we have found to work for mm. centuries in the theater and applying those to kind of your systems and maybe thinking a little bit outside of the box of uh, in, in terms of your industry and your company. But then, and then the last part is creative development. Um, and that is the writing and the directing and the creative process of, mm. you know, if, if there's something that you have an idea for and you want to bring to fruition, uh, because of my years of working at Walt Disney World, um, literally for over two decades. Um, if I don't know how to do it, I know someone who does. Hmm. And so in terms That's of cool. the creative process and the actual then boots on the ground, nuts and bolts of actually getting it done and doing it, I know those people too. And so I literally, I, 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 I could assemble a team right now to put on a Super Bowl halftime show um, <laughs> wow. because we just, I just know those people. We know those yeah. people. And, um, and so that's, that's something that as well as, you know, don't, it doesn't have to be a Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show size. Mm -hmm. It can also be the size of, of, of a, of an awards banquet, <laughs> you know, of, <laughs> you know, just something that, that whatever you're looking to show appreciation to creatively, um, uh, you know, develop a, you know, whatever it is that you want to, that you want to do, um, in terms of, especially in the presentation and the performance aspect, um, that's something that we know how to do. And that's something that I would love to help you with. I love it. So that's let's amazing. just say that a friend of mine had a, had a travel agency owner that needed to lead a little better. I could tell her, <laughs> him, her, him, whatever. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I, I love it. And it sounds like too, this is not just for, for companies or businesses that, or groups that are like trying to get started, but this is also for, groups that are running really well yeah. you know what they want a little bit more they want a little bit better let's you know hey we're doing always... great we're, we're plateauing let's do something yeah. i love it i love yeah. it. it's always good so, to have new yeah. leadership content yeah. and new ideas mm -hmm. that's important well and again um you know the just the the experience that i've had um the Walt Disney Company is known for its creativity, but mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that yes, the creativity is maybe what what put them on the map, but it's the leadership that's in that is in place yeah. that truly is our crowning achievement. Um, mm -hmm. That everything, it is my firm belief, and I'm not the first to say this, but uh, I truly believe it that everything rises and falls on leadership. Yeah. That leadership is yeah. influence, and the Walt Disney Company has a great deal of influence, mm -hmm. and that is because of leadership. And so um, that is leadership from the top to the middle, to the bottom everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I often talk about um, when I step on stage, I might have the most lines sometimes when I step on stage and that's what makes me the lead of the play, but it's not necessarily what makes me the leader of the cast. Right. And that's you can be the butler, point. you can play the maid on stage mm -hmm. and uh, be the leader of the cast that people want to rise to meet your expectation and perform at your level. And so uh, that's, that's kind of uh, in terms of the Walt Disney company, I think that's what has kind of set us apart is that everybody is showing up to bring their best and their best is what mm -hmm. is expected. I, I gotta, I mean, honestly, for people out there wondering, you know, should I, should I call Rob? I'm like, 
who else would you call? 20 years of Walt Disney World. <laughs> literally. Jew, Finding Nemo. Literally. Lion King. Dapper Dan. Uh, just I, if you're not getting creative, creativity out of Rob Lott, I don't know where you're going to get it from. <laughs> I, I just I don't. I don't. <laughs> All right, we're going to play a game real quick, something to kind okay. of end the show. This is called The Wheel yeah. of Opinion. We And Jen and I actually did a whole episode on this once, just random things. But we did. We're going to spend a little wheel here, and I actually do have a wheel here. I don't know if you can see it here. But it's Wait, you got a wheel? Oh, that's right. Yeah, my, my wheel app. <laughs> um, so I'm going to spin it, and what it's going to do is going to throw a topic out here of just Disney, just across the board. And uh, it's going to – I'm going to ask you, Rob, just your opinion, your thought. Um, okay. Basically, your favorite, your favorite Disney Springs quick service. You go to Disney Springs. Ooh. If you need a quick bite, something quick to eat, what are your what's your like? I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna tell people to go here because I love it. Uh, Earl of Sandwich. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Good one. That's good. Yeah, that's good. good. Yeah, I'm that's a polite pig guy myself. Oh, Jen, Jen, you've answered yes. this before too. I think. What was your? What well, mine was Earl of Sandwich mm-hmm. until Polite Pig opened up. So yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. That's Both are true. solid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm go- uh, yeah. I'm thinking back of uh, over, over all my years of going, um, yeah. going to Disney Springs back into downtown Disney days, even. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I got there just, just after it wasn't the village anymore, the Disney village anymore. Oh. Anyway, yeah, I've been around for a long time, uh, <laughs> but, but I was thinking of the ratio. Where did I go the most times right. at Earl yeah. Sandwich? But I do love polite pig. Okay. What's That's next? A good one. Next question. What's the attraction or experience that you wish you could experience or do one more time? One that's gone from Disney World, it's gone, it's never coming back. Or maybe it was something you never got a chance to actually experience. If they could bring it back for one day, what would you do? Hmm. An experience? Exper- or, would, or attraction. Could be ride, could be experience. Well, be well let me tell you, let me tell you uh, I think that the best nighttime experience that the Walt Disney Company ever created I should say the Walt Disney world ever created mm-hmm. uh, was spectro magic. Yes. I love him. That is my favorite parade. <laughs> the spectro magic is the best. And, you know, and the it best. gave, it gave such a sense. Now I understand so many purists back in the day were going, no electric light parade. They yep. Disney's electrical parade. Yep. That's, that's the mm-hmm. gold standard. I like it, but mm-hmm. I think because of the music and because of the content, the way it was set up, Amazing. it gave yeah. such a sense of completion to the day mm-hmm. as well as it left you with such a sense of, we have to come back and do this again. Yes. yes. And yeah. from a, from a, just a, 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 again, rounding out the day and putting a little, a nice little uh, exclamation point <laughs> mm-hmm. at the end of the day of going, yes. aren't you glad you did this? I love um, magic. Oh, yeah. that was like well, and the, the, honestly, best the, nighttime parade. The early days of this podcast, there was there was talk about calling this podcast like the Spectro Podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we figured uh, the the mainstream electrical podcast worked better because it's a more familiar name. Yeah. It worked better with the word podcast. But tr- sure. I, I love Spectro Magic. Spectro, um, I honestly love more. <laughs> Jim, what, what, Jim, what, what would you think? Your the answer to the question. Yeah. Horizons. Horizons. <laughs> See, I would I want, totally ride Horizons. I want to do Body again. Wars. I want to ride Body oh, Wars. I'd never. I never get a chance always, to do it. Oh, it always it, made so. me queasy. Oh really? Whoa, I've heard yes. that. I've heard that. Oh, oh, see, now just... I, it never made me queasy. Oh, too much. It was too much. <laughs> I can I appreci- see how it would though. I mean, there oh, was a lot. Goodness. It was a lot. Yeah. I mean, I know it was just a splinter, but you got real close to that splinter. <laughs> you did. <laughs> That's correct. Hey, jumping back just a little bit. Have you been to Disneyland to see uh, Paint the Night when it was happening? Yes, no. I, I did. I think it. that I think that is a that, that is amazing. right up there neck and neck, if not a little bit better than Spectro Magic. I think they took what they knew from Spectro Magic and applied yeah. it to Paint the Night. I agree. Paint the Night is stunning. I, never I really to wanted it to come to yeah. Florida, and I made my, <laughs> my poor husband. He does not love waiting for shows. <laughs> oh, he, like he, I mean, or, or parades. I should say yeah. not like. 
Yeah. He's a musician. We could be writing like things right now. But yeah. I made him because I wanted a really good spot for the parade. Yeah. And we stayed there for like an hour and a half. And he's like, this is so boring. This I'm like, but it's going to be great. We're going to be able to see Paint the Night really well. And yeah. he's like, well, I love you. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> and I will say for the Paint the Night, it is a long experience. It's like it a is. 30 minute from when you start seeing it. The, by the time it get, it finishes up, I feel mm-hmm. like it was like a 30 minute experience, which I is great. You know, That's a long parade. A long parade. <laughs> but it was really, really good. It was yeah. amazing. Two more. Your favorite hidden Mickey. Oh. In um, any of the parks, any of the Disney Springs or Disneyland. Any favorite hidden Mickey. Yeah. The one that I always enjoy pointing out is um, in the queue for um, Tower of Terror. Uh, the the watermark. Mm-hmm. The, um, the water stain. That's good. Yeah, it's hard to see. It is very it, hard to see. But that's yeah. but that's the one typically I have just enough time to to as you're waiting in line to mm-hmm. tell the story of how hidden Mickey's came to be. Right. Um, mm. and then to say around us right now is a hidden Mickey. Can you find it? Oh nice. And so I, I'll entertain people in the in the not just random people, the, and then you move the people, people I've brought. Certain, but random, <laughs> random people too. I went out, I, I took one day and I went on a hidden Mickey search and I had my little hidden Mickey book and I found yeah. probably close to 50 or 60 in one day. Yeah. Um, and like I would be looking for them. There's one in Animal Kingdom under one of the awnings and it's made out of maybe maybe tin or wire or something. You gotta stand just the right way to see it. And I had yeah. there was an Asian family that was behind me that kept watching me. And, and finally she walked up and she in a very broken English asked me what I was doing and I told her about a hidden Mickey and what it was and I pointed it out and, and they were just oh and they were all like she brought the family over and they're all sitting there looking at it and yeah. i told her you know look for the circles and everything and so it's it was it was really 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 mm-hmm. cool so final question final question for you uh today's national popcorn day so favorite disney popcorn a mm. germany the 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 Werther's oh. original uh-huh. b straight out of the popcorn cart or c the flavored popcorn in the popcorn bags you can find at the confectionaries and mm. some of the shops yeah um, uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't love popcorn. Uh, so I don't have it very often, but when I do, it's going to come from main street USA, right? Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. As, as, as soon as you come in right there. Um, yeah, yeah. I want it. That's yeah, my wife's that's answer. She yeah. loves the loves the popcorn. She's a popcorn girl. I I particularly am a big fan of the Werther's Originals, the caramel mm-hmm. popcorn in Germany. Yeah. Ger- that shop is our final shop, final stop of any shopping spree we go at Disney. We always go to Epcot. We go to the shop, get the candied apples and the caramel bars and whatever, and whatever's going to so w- walk out with three thousand calories worth of food. That's that's what we're doing. That's There's no calories doing. in Disney. Quit lying. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, no, they're all magical right. calories. They all disappear. That, Come on. Have you, have you have you heard of uh, there in Japan? One of their big things is uh, the flavored popcorn. I have not, but I think I'm going to have to find this out. Hmm. Look, yeah, yeah. Do find it out. Maybe, maybe look it up. But uh, I remember again. I don't love popcorn, so I didn't yeah. venture too much into it. But I do remember, like one of the ones I remember them, like a uh, um, uh, pickle flavored popcorn was the one that I was Ew. like, oh. But sure enough, everybody who would try it would go, "This is fantastic!" And they have all these different hmm. popcorn flavor things, much like like different flavored jelly beans. Like everybody right. just they were they were very strange flavors, but very specific. Like Co- and, Coke's Club Cool, except for popcorn. Yes, yeah. There was there was a Beverly popcorn that everybody hated. Oh yeah, yeah. Shocker. yeah. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Rob, this has been fantastic. I have loved talking to you. I love this hearing Disney stories. 
opportunities, especially behind the scenes stories. This is great. Um, we've Jen and I have talked. I know we talked to you about the possibility of having you come back on when we bring. We have some other guests we're going to have come on to do favorite park music. We want to talk oh, about park yes, music. Please. Yes, and we're going to definitely work that schedule out to have you come on because I think you would be delight yes. talking about your favorite park music, cues uh, and music and songs and things like that. Yeah, so, that's the first thing yeah. that I noticed um, uh, when I when I went to the parks, even as a kid, that everywhere had music. Yeah, everywhere you went had music. Well, yeah. we're going to expect you to sing all the songs too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off the clock. So Rob, where, real quick, real quick, where can people find you online? Where would they follow you? Not just you, but also Blue Trumpet Creative and, and yeah, the Blue Trumpet Creative is at bluetrumpetcreative.com. Okay. Um, all of it is spelled exactly the way that you think it should be. And then uh you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rob A Lot, one B mm-hmm. and two T's. Yep. Um, as well as then my podcast, Leading Creative Podcast. And then I also have a podcast I do with my sister called Let's Talk Soon. Uh, which is super fun. We talk about the things that we are reading about, writing about, thinking about, and speaking up about. Oh, cute. Um, yeah. And then there's a podcast I do with a buddy of mine called, um, it's the Dime Podcast, Business Simplified. And he has a company out of Atlanta. And in terms of the actual, like I, I bring the creative and he brings the business. I bring the leadership and the creative, he brings the business. And so I ask the questions about, you know, what, how did, how does this work in business? And he gives the answer and he asks, well, how does this work in leadership and creative? And I give the answer and yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Rob, thank you so much. We're going to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you. So not only was that Rob Lott, because this is life. In recording, we get the kid coming around. Hey, Cam- hey Campbell, say hi. Hi. So he's reading books. He's, lay- he's, he's, he's laying next to me. He's uh, reading and everything. So we're just going to go with it because guess what? That's we're, fine. You and I are both busy, and it's this is fine. life. This is how this works. It's how, you know, well, we just roll with it. It's cool. Absolutely. So, Jen, you got a magical moment for us today. Yes, I do. And I think that um, I love this one because this is from um, our dear friend, Jill. She We, we call her Mimi. Um, oh, yes, Mimi. Yes, yes, Mimi. And she has a magical moment whenever we, I was kind of sourcing people and asking like, hey, what are your magical moments? And she said that for her, it was going to Magic Kingdom for the very first time when she was age 26. And so 26 was her first trip. That, Jill, which is, Jill's older. She's in her 50s, maybe her, 60s. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, so, like you know, she, we, we she'll hear this her. and be like, I'm 49. You're like, yeah. you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry Jill. <laughs> but um, she, one of her first rides was with her um, stepkids and her husband was going on. It's a small world. And she was so overwhelmed by the animatronics and all the nostalgia and all the everything. It was so amazing to her that she started crying in the middle of It's a Small World. <laughs> and they, this is like her family was laughing sounds at her. like but, Stephanie. You know, just, but she was crying. But it was so magical to her because she was experiencing it. She was there. You know, it was her first trip as an adult. Well, I mean, first trip, but she was an adult, you know. Right. So it just, the emotions really overwhelmed her. And I love that, that magical moments happen sometimes when we least expect them yes they do yes they do and i love it the fact that i mean that's an old school magical moment and magic has been happening a very 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 long time and that's one of the things that i think that um and just to kind of end in that uh, a good point there i know people we even us we've been kind of talking about the magical uh, magical express going away and the 30 minutes maybe is not Mm -hmm. good enough for disney and all the things that we're like disney this is not good enough disney is full of magic 
it's still it full of so much it's magic. Still. And mm-hmm. they, and you know, there we can talk about all day long the things. You know, the Bobs aren't going to call us more than likely. Not this week anyway. They're busy this week. I mean, maybe next um, week. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, there's still so much magic to be had, and I don't. I, I think that we we can't forget that. Find us online at the MSE Podcast at gmail.com. That's our uh, that's our email address. Email us questions and comments, concerns, things like that. We'd love to hear from you. Your magical moments. We would love to talk about your magical moments as well. Absolutely. Uh, find us online as well, the MSE Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, and of course that is our website, the MSE Podcast at gmail.com. Campbell, do you see Jen? Yes. So then my, my kid is just kind of wandering around here and he's laying on the bed withholding his Thomas train. And you know what? This is his own magical moment because he's like That's hanging right. out with daddy while daddy's recording. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> Find me online on Instagram, the magic on a dollar. The V is important because I'm not a magic on a dollar. I'm the magic on a dollar. Find uh... me on Facebook and on magic on a dollar and Disney on a dollar. Find me on Twitter as magic on a dollar as well. And of course, you can also find Jen at all these fabulous places, including at upon a star Jen everywhere plus at Jen underscore Novotny on Instagram. So Sounds perfect. Check Sounds it out. awesome. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. Don't forget to be nice to each other. Enjoy that magic. And hey, don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The MSE Podcast. Or visit our website at themsepodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe and may all your wishes come true.